Hi, welcome to our podcast. In today's episode, Nash and I will discuss attachment. Nash, can you give us an introduction, please? Attachment plays an important role in our lives, but misconceptions about it are very common and often reinforced by popular culture. I'm not sure if uh, the younger listeners still remember, but a lot of movies like Dirty Harry or Western movies in which a detached hero is glorified. So let's start with clarifying how we'll use this term in here. It would be helpful maybe if you, Bobby, start with letting us know how you understand the term attachment. For me, attachment is some close connection to someone or something, emotional connection. Right. I think this is a fairly good definition. And I think a lot of people would understand an attachment in these terms. What I particularly like that you mentioned to somebody or something. So attachment doesn't necessarily relate to another person, but it can relate also to objects. We can be attached to money, for example, or attached to certain activities and so on. But you mentioned emotions, and I wonder if you think the attachment is an emotion. I wouldn't say uh, emotion per se. I would say that it's some emotional connection. I wouldn't say that it is emotion like love or something. I, I don't think it's it's emotion. Uh, I think it's a connection. Yes, yes. It's some kind of subjective sense of connection to yeah. something or, or somebody. And you're right. It very often has that kind of emotional component, but it's not always connected. It doesn't have strong emotion. As you mentioned, we can be attached to certain objects or activities or something like that out of habit without having any emotion involved with that, or at least not have emotion before we lose it. We may get very emotional about when we lose it, but you know, when you lose your old car or you have to get rid of it or something like that, but you, you may be be attached throughout your life to something and simply take it for granted without having any kind of emotional reaction to that. So we can see from these things that attachment is actually a complex term. The other thing that's important to mention that attachment doesn't necessarily depend on physical proximity. We can be attached to things that are away or still be attached to somebody who is not around or who is even dead. And yet we can still feel the same powerful connection to them. So we can see that attachment is a quite complex phenomenon. And to make it clearer... I think it may be useful to use uh, the terms that uh, circulate in Eastern traditions. They make distinction between attachment, non-attachment, and detachment. Again, these translations, these are Western translations, probably not perfect, but that's what most of people are familiar with. So let's start with attachment. And I just wonder, as an example, if you can tell us who or what you feel attached to. I'm attached right now for my parents, for my for my girlfriend. Uh, and I was attached, as I mentioned in earlier sessions, to my grandparents very much. But also, uh, I was very attached to my dog that I had 18 years. And when my dog passed away, it was a very difficult time for me. So, Bobby, I can see that you've been attached to certain people and other things throughout your life, but also that attachment may have had some difficult consequences, if you like. 
So you said it was very hard for you when your dog died and so on. So how do you feel about attachment? Is it something that is important in your life? Yes, it's very important for me. Yeah. Because uh, I'm easily attachable person. (laughs) I can can attach uh, very easy to other people, but not to things. I don't have that sense for things. Not for things, just for people. To, to people. Just with people. Just to people, yes. Or pets or some sort of living. Yeah, of course, well, pets, uh, yes. Well, when I say yeah. people, I always consider my dog yeah. as a uh, family member. And do you think that it's worthwhile, as you said, you kind of suffered when your dog died. Was it worthwhile? I mean, would you like to modify your attachment to some extent to avoid that that kind of negative aspects of attachment? Well, no, no, no. Because uh, I think with big love comes big attachment. And then possible suffering. Possible suffering, of course, My when my grandparents died, all four yes, of them. Yes, yes. It was especially hard for me. I talked here when we talked about relating to that when my grandfather died. Yes. Uh, it was one of the most difficult things for me in life. But I would never change a moment in my relationship with my grandfather or my attachment to him. Right. So you, you kind of think that um, love, attachment and suffering are inseparable. They come kind of together. and Well, the- yes, because... Uh, <laughs> Uh, we we don't think when everything is okay when we are younger oh, we don't think about that attachment that uh, in one moment it will end you right know, everything ends either if something happens to them or to people that we love or something happens to us yeah yeah absolutely and then it can have for some people devastating consequences not only if they get attached to people but also to certain things or certain activities we can say that all addictions are in some ways a form of attachment right you know, if you're addicted to uh, let's say drugs you are attached to drugs and when we have attached to something too much the rest of your life can suffer i remember somebody who was on drugs she said to me that she feels that the rest of the world that everything else is black and white only thing that gives her color in life is either looking for drugs or taking them. Let me ask you something, Nesha, when you mentioned drugs. Do you think that people are connected to those things or to feeling that they have when they are high or drunk or something? Yeah, that's an excellent question. In fact, we are not attached to those things as such. We are attached to our internal feelings or reactions to these things. So our emotions, thoughts, or desires, or other mental states. So this is a very interesting point because that can also help us to understand how we can reduce that attachment when we want. Very often when when people don't want to be attached to something, they try to kind of think about that object and moving away from that object or something like that. But that's not often helpful because really the attachment is to mental states that are associated with those objects or activities and so on. So first thing that we need to do, and that's what some types of meditation good at, is to create some distance between us and those particular mental states. Some suggest to 
reinforce this process by repeating to yourself statements such as, I'm not my desire, it is only part of me, or I'm not these thoughts, they're only part of me. This should help you disidentify with, with them. That's probably one of the most important things in relation to this area to realize that actually the attachment is not necessarily to attachment to external things, but attachment to our internal states. There is another term that circulates, which is non-attachment. Non-attachment is not detachment. Non-attachment is probably, again, not a perfect translation. It refers to our ability to be attached to things to the degree that we want to. So it's kind of an active attachment, meaning that you're not passive in that process. So what you do in this case, you allow yourself to get attached to something, but you can revoke that attachment at will. If you feel, for example, that you're going too far or something like that. Cultivating non-attachment is a part of Eastern spiritual tradition, and it can be a lifelong process that all depends how far you want to go in this respect. Already suggested intervention that I just mentioned above can help with this, this, but they may not be enough. So, Bobby, would you like to kind of learn how you can be more in control of your attachment? I mean, before we go there, I just wanted to ask you, do you feel that sometimes you attach too much to something? Uh, well, to something, no. To someone, yes. Right. At, uh, from time to time. Uh, it's not uh, everyday feeling. You know, but uh, it comes to my mind from time to time that I'm too attached to someone. And what does it mean to be too attached to someone or or, or something Uh, in case of other people? For me, I I ask myself a question, what would I do without you? Yes. What would I do? How could I live Live. without you? Yeah. And, Yeah. And when you feel like that, you feel, oh, this is not necessarily healthy or good thing, right? Yes. And you are right to be concerned about that because it's a sign of dependency. Yeah. So when we start depending on something or on other people, that's not very healthy. And what is very interesting, that other people recognize that, sense that kind of dependency, and very often reject then the, the closeness of that person who is becoming dependent. So the result of that excessive attachment or dependency is the opposite. You kind of are pushing away those people that you want to be close to. Yeah, that is a very good point. And I want to say one thing. I don't think my attachment, I don't think, I know that my attachment never went to that thing that is called possessiveness. But I know many people that are very possessive. So how do you know that you are not going that far as to be possessive? What is the difference for you between Uh, attachment uh, and possessiveness? Yeah, I never fight to keep someone in my life who doesn't want to be here. Right, right. So it's really important. I let him go. I let him go. You let him go. I I, I let him go easily. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. never had a problem with that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so let me just try to summarize what, what you're saying. You are very attached to them while they are also kind of attached to you, while while it's mutual. But if they change their mind and they want to go, you let them go. You somehow manage to curb your attachment. 
I let him go because my opinion is that it's okay to be attached, but if someone wants to go out of your life, you cannot force them to be attached to you. And that's very wise. That's very good. Very good point. But I just wonder, is that easy? You may have felt strong attachment to them like a day before, something like that. And then they say, okay, I don't want us to be together anymore. And what happens with that attachment? What happens with that sense of connection? What happens with that strong emotions that are associated with attachment and so on? How do you manage to deal with them? We did well. Sometimes it was hard. Right. Uh, it it was hard. You know, when when love breaks, it is hard. But uh, somehow uh, my rational mind takes over. Yeah, that's that's very interesting, and it's very good that you are capable of doing that. You can imagine that some people who can't do something like that suffer and may suffer for years. I know people who've been kind of obsessing with their past relationship after 10 years. So, Bobby, from your own experience, what do you think would really help them so that their rational mind can kind of take over and take control rather than them being kind of victims of, of their own attachment? Well, the uh, only, only thing that I can say to that people yeah. Is what I learned as a uh -huh. little kid, as a younger boy, is that you cannot force anyone to stay in your life. Listen, if someone wants to go from your life to detach of you right now, if you manage to keep them, right, you, you're going to stay now. But in one moment, they're going to go. You cannot force anyone to stay with you. That is the thing that always comes to my mind. If you want to go, go. Yes, yes. But to play devil's advocate, let's make it situation a little bit difficult. Let's say that, that somebody made a mistake, let's say did something bad, and that other person got upset and left them. And then that person starts thinking, oh, if I only didn't do that, she wouldn't have left or something like that. Is there anything that people who uh, blame themselves or feel guilty that breakup can do to let go of that attachment? Uh, only thing that I can say is own your mistake. If you make a mistake, yeah. uh, you, you will not be better if you eat yourself inside. If you torture uh, yourself now. If you torture yourself now, correct that mistake if you can. If you can't, it is what it is. We are people. We're going to make mistakes. <laughs> that is inevitable. And if someone leaves us for that, if we hurt someone, just give them a time to heal. Yeah. Because in that moment when you hurt someone, uh, their mind is all over the place. Their suffering is you. So right. give, them, give them a time to heal, to think about it, then own your mistake, say you are sorry. And that is the only thing that I can tell to people. It's excellent. Excellent. Very good. I think you don't need me anymore on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not true. Man. <laughs> yeah, that, that's very good. I would just like to add one more thing, which is that kind of um, the passion sometimes that we feel and passion that we associate it with attachment and passion that leads to attachment, it's not 
incompatible with that sort of sense of a so-called non-attachment. Because uh, passion, when it's not fed, if you like, right. it naturally subsides. We just need to let it happen when object of our attachment is not, not accessible anymore. We just need to let it happen. And the only thing that we need to do is kind of stop feeding that passion and attachment without thoughts, imaginations, wishes, fantasies, and so on. When we stop feeding it, it kind of naturally subsides. And that's what you learn to do really well. So in a way, you seem to be very much in charge of your attachment. When it's there, when you want it to be there, but when you don't want it to be there, you are capable of using certain means to revoke that. And that's really the healthiest position. Now, yeah, anything else that you want to add to this or shall we move on to the last category, which we call detachment? Yeah, yeah, we can move on. What is detachment, Nesh? Well, detachment is a kind of opposite to attachment that was popular for quite a long time. When I was growing up, you know, it was popular to be cool, like to to uh, leave an impression that you're not attached to anything, that you don't care about anything and so on. And that mm-hmm. can be also very dangerous, unhelpful, particularly because that uh, need or desire to leave that impression prevents you from really engaging with reality and uh, with uh, individuals, but larger society too, in some kind of meaningful way. So typically, we, when I was growing up, we were all apolitical. We we wanted to be detached from the larger society and so on. And that was not very helpful, of course. So we need also to see how to deal with detachment too. If you feel that you're too detached, and there are several reasons why we get too detached, it can start as a coping strategy very early, even in childhood. It can be kind of self-protection, creating psychological shields that lead to detachment. So you, you want kind of to protect yourself from bad experiences, but it creates shields that doesn't allow good experiences to get to you either, and so on and so on. So so there are many reasons for for that. And if you feel that you're experiencing that sense of detachment and you want to do something about that, obviously the best way to do that is to try to get connected intentionally, deliberately, to try to get connected again. And ways to do that is, to, for example, take care of somebody or something. You can get a plant or a pet to take care of, then also open up and try to deliberately uh, be more interested and curious about the world around you. Just go out to, onto your street and look around, look at rooftops, look in the directions you've never done before. And you can use your imagination, visualize kind of invisible threads connecting everything in the world, including yourself. Right. So these things can help us to get more, to calibrate that attachment better. I Uh, mean, for the end of this episode, I would just like to add that all these three, attachment, non-attachment, detachment, are 
important parts of our lives and we should uh, be able to exercise all of them in various situations. Mm-hmm. So it's worthwhile checking if you have a kind of healthy attitude or healthy relationship with these different modes. Thank you, Nesh. I think this was very helpful. And uh, I would like to say to our listeners, if they have any questions or comments, we will be more than happy to answer. Thank you, Bobby. And this particular, this reminds me of something that we didn't discuss in the podcast. This is so-called attachment styles, insecure, secure, ambivalent attachment style, and so on. These attachment styles is very popular, a topic in psychology, but they are slightly different thing that we've been talking today about, and probably discussing the uh, value of the concept of the attachment styles would need a, a separate uh, podcast. If the listeners are interested, we can come back to that one day. Yes, and I think it will be also very useful and helpful for them and for us. Yes, indeed. Thank you, Nesh. It was a pleasure, like always. Likewise.